You're tuning in to Tazi Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you live from Hobart, Tasmania each weekday at 9am and for those listening in Tasmania you can catch us again at 4.30pm and I'm your host Tabitha Zachariah and today we have David Maxwell joining us from Launcheston. Um, David joins us every Friday and um, he'll be continuing with this series of programs titled The Coming King and I believe you're talking about um, reconciliation today. David. Yes, thanks, Tabitha. Good to be with you this morning. How are you? Very well, thanks. I hope your week has been well. Yes, it's been good. Very busy, but good. That's good. Um, so, David, you've been sharing a bit about your life, your experiences, your family, um, yeah, just and some challenges you've been through in life. Uh, do you have something else to share with us today? Yeah, thanks, Tabitha. This morning I wanted to share the next step in our journey that that brought challenges with us. Uh, I'd moved into a big company called Rio Tinto, and in that company I thought I had my future all sewn up uh, right up until retirement. But as I look back now, now I didn't see it at the time, but as I look back now, I see what God was doing for the 30 years between one call where he called me to come and start working for him. I didn't have the faith. I talked about that just after I left the Air Force. And he took me on this journey, and I guess I didn't see the journey, but when I look back now, I can. And I felt a little bit like Jonah running away. Um, well, I, I do now. I felt like that perhaps uh, it was my fault that all the, the, the job closures happened. Now, I know that's not true, but mm. that's how I felt. And as I, as I worked in this large company... What I saw happening was one group amalgamating after another. Mm. And as the group amalgamated, I worked for the larger group. Mm. And then it amalgamated again, I worked for that group. And then it changed again and it morphed again. And then they outsourced some of the work and I looked after that. And each step of the way, there was an opportunity for me to leave and do something different. And yet I, I, I stubbornly hung on to the job. And then eventually, <laughs> God, God uh, arranged it so that I was part of an, um, a redundancy for 500 people. Oh. And, and I know it's not my fault that 500 people lost their jobs. But, yeah. you know, when I look back, I think, wow, you know, God was really shaking me up the whole way along mm. and saying, getting me ready, getting me ready to leave this place completely and to work in the area where he wanted me to work. Mm. But I'll talk more about that one next time. So um, I, I want to really touch on that that large jump that I had to make um, and the faith that that took. And it does take faith. Mm. But looking back, you know, um, for me today, the, what I wanted to share was the challenge in the Christian walk for each person is to be sure and to test that what you're doing is what God wants you to do. Mm. And it's not stubbornly what, you know, what we have in mind. Because what happens to Jonah, mm -hmm. he stubbornly has something in his mind. Mm. And as the storm's raging and he's on that boat and, you know, uh, the, the sailors are saying, um, you know, praying to all their gods and he, they ask him, he, he knows mm. why this is happening. <laughs> he's mm. just hiding at the bottom of the boat. He was hoping. <laughs> he was hoping no one away. would find out. 
<laughs> and it didn't. But when they asked him, he said, look, you just need to toss me overboard and you guys will be safe. Mm. Um, and, and perhaps that's how I, f- I feel looking back, you know, toss me overboard and then your company will be fine. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it can be challenging, but uh, make sure we put those those life choices in God's hands mm-hmm. and uh, and then follow as he leads. If he wants you to stay there, that's fantastic. Mm. But just make sure that we uh, follow his leading in everything. Sure. Um, thanks for sharing that story with us. I think um, also, like, God knows us. Like, he knows we are capable of doing his work. And um, and he knows our hearts. He knows that once we set our minds on like doing his work for him, we can do it really well. So he he just chooses us, and he knows um, how to make things happen. And I don't really mm. think that it was your fault that things were happening. That I don't. <laughs> mm. Um, yeah, um, and just to remind our listeners, our show number is zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Um, feel feel free to text any questions, any comments, any feedback. Um, as we go through this program, and we'll be able to share or respond um accordingly. Um, so David, and also you can catch us through the Faith FM app or the Faith FM website, where you can listen to the um, previous episodes that we've done. Um, did you want to give a brief recap of what you shared last week? Yes, no worries, Tabitha. So last week we looked at the good news that God shared with us, what makes it good, how we can access it, how we get to know him better. And today what we're going to do is have a look at what it means to live that reconnected life with God. Um, and we'll read from a verse in Second Corinthians in a moment, mm-hmm. but uh, how about first we have a prayer? Sure. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for the listeners that are tuning in today. And Lord, we pray that you will speak to us through your word as we read it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, Tabitha, would you like to read 2 Corinthians five fourteen to 21? And, and I've chosen the NLT today. It's easy to read and listen to. Mm, sure. Um, either way, Christ's, lo- Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one point, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ and God has given us this task of reconciling reconciling people to him for God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself no longer counting people's sin against them and he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation so we are Christ's ambassadors God is making its appeal through us we speak for Christ when we plead come back to God for God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Thanks, Tabitha. That's a really wonderful passage, and mm-hmm. we'll look a bit deeper into that as we go through our, our, our program today. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's important in this this reconciliation that we're talking about today that following is very important. Following is very important. There's been many people who follow leaders over 
Earth's history, I guess, in recent history, mm-hmm. uh, reasonably recent history, I say in my history, you might not remember some of these, but there's been people who have followed false Christs, false mm-hmm. leaders. Uh, some of those have been Jim Jones, you might have seen the pictures from that, um, got all of his followers to drink poisoned Kool-Aid uh, in America. Mm. It was David Koresh, uh, and although that, that terrible tragedy at, at Waco that followed there, Marshall Applewhite and Heaven's Gate, and that was a group that was waiting for some saviour from behind Halley's Comet. Mm. And all of these compare very, or don't really compare very well, but compare very differently to the kind of leader that mm. Jesus is. And if we look at, if we look at what it means to follow a leader, it's very different from what we see in the Bible to what we see in the world today. Mm-hmm. Followers follow their leaders. People follow Donald Trump. People mm. follow Scott Morrison. People follow the leaders of their country, and they tend to gravitate to that kind of behaviour as well. Mm. The good news is that some 2,000 years after Jesus asked us to follow him, mm. we don't have to want, wonder what it means to follow him because he leaves all these examples in the Bible of what it means, and we'll look at some of those examples uh, through our program today. After the break, we'll we'll start digging into that, but perhaps you'd like to ask the listener question today for us. Uh, mm, I really like this question. I, I don't... <laughs> anyway, uh, this uh, our question is, have you ever had a falling out with someone then been able to make it right again? How did it work out and how did you do it? The reason why I like this question, I mean, it's a personal question and people don't like being asked personal questions, but Mm. I feel like as human beings, we are prone to um, disagreement and Mm. it's, yeah, I I believe it's just good to talk about it and... um, Fits in with the topic. Yeah. yeah, Reconciliation. How did you do it? How did you reconcile? Mm. Love to hear it. Yeah. Please text us your responses to 0488-880891. And uh, yeah, it would be good to share and um, give people some ideas on how to reconcile with others. Um, This next song is Jesus Paid It All by the Downing Family. It's a song that I've always loved since my childhood. i 
that is Jesus paid it all by the Downing family. And you're listening to Taz Encounters with David Maxwell. And uh, David is presenting the topic, um, reconciliation. Uh, before we went for a break, we asked a uh, listener question. Have you ever had a falling out with someone, then been able to make it right again? How did you work that out? And um, h- how did you do it? And how did it you know, affect your relationship with that person. Um, text us your responses to zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Um, we like to hear from you, and maybe someone can learn from uh, you sharing. And we also have a free book offer for our listeners. Uh, it's the book called God's Little Book of Grace, and that's by David Marshall. Um, we'll give you more information about that um later on. Um, so David, as we're looking at this series titled The Coming King, and today we're, you're talking about reconciliation. Uh, before we went for a break, you said that Jesus left us some good examples of what it means to follow him. Um, can you share some of those examples with us today? Yeah, thanks Tabitha. And what a beautiful song that was, Jesus Paid It All. Mm-hmm. And when we get that little book of grace, I'm, I'm sure that you'll appreciate those messages that are in there. So, as I said before the break, Jesus made it very clear what it meant to follow him. We don't have to wonder all these years later. When we see what Jesus' mission is, it helps us to understand what that means. So in Luke chapter 19, 9 and 10, I just want to read a couple of verses as Jesus is speaking to Zacchaeus and those who are around listening at the time in a place called Jericho. And so Jesus says to Zacchaeus, Today salvation has come to this house because he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which is lost. And Jesus here, I see, is outlining what his mission is. So he's responding to Zacchaeus's response to him. And he is saying, this, this is what I'm here, here for. This is what I'm all about. I'm about saving those that were lost, regardless of who you think they might be or whether they're worth it or not. Mm-hmm. This, this is a real passionate thing that Jesus um, outlines here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the Greek word for salvation here means deliverance or preservation. And that's significant. Because uh, last time I spoke, we talked about everyone being born condemned. Remember, I was talking about uh, mm. being separate from God. Mm-hmm. So in our context, salvation means deliverance from Satan's kingdom. It also means preservation from the penalty of the law. Because that states everyone separate from God will die. Now, that's just natural. That's just natural. This is not a statement of punishment. It's a statement of fact. Because in connection with God is the only place we find life. God is the um, author of life, if you like. So if we're connected to him, we have access to that life. If we're disconnected from him, well, we can't have that life and you know from birth right from birth i talked about this last time right from birth we're disconnected from him and if we want to live again then we have to we have to sometime during this life that god's given us on loan we have to choose that reconnection with him and uh, it talks about this in acts 4 and verse 12 but in luke 19 and verse 10 that we just read, mm-hmm. this word um, seek, 
this word seek, God or Jesus trying to seek us, is the meaning of desiring or trying to obtain uh, what one is after. Okay, so let me read that again. For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. Seek and save that which was lost. So it's a desiring or trying to obtain that which is lost. So Jesus didn't come only to do good, heal, preach the gospel, um, then go back to heaven, unconcerned that anyone had accepted his efforts. Okay, so he didn't just come and say, well, I'm doing my job, and if you accept it, well, good for you. If you don't, bad luck. Mm. <laughs> you know, no, he, he had a passionate desire. That's what that word seeking means. He came to passionately desire to rescue everyone who was lost or separated from God, even those that hated him. And so that makes a whole lot more sense when we think about the kinds of people that Jesus reached out to. He's reaching out to these religious leaders who passionately and uh, vehemently um, refused to accept what he had to say. They, they opposed everything that he taught almost. And there were some who responded, but few. Um, this is illustrated really well in the parable that Jesus uses of a lost sheep. Um, this is in Matthew eighteen twelve. If you've got time, you can turn in your Bibles to it and have a look. But Jesus tells this parable of a lost sheep, and many of you may have heard this before, even, even if just in summary. Mm-hmm. If a shepherd loses his sheep, and Jesus outlines this in the parable, he doesn't just um, go and have a bit of a cursory look, uh, look around uh, close by the sheep pen with the other sheep and say, Uh, Well, can't find it. Bad luck. Silly sheep. Shouldn't have wandered off. Doesn't matter. I have 99. (laughs) That's right. I've got 99 others. Don't have to worry about this one. Bad luck. No. He makes sure the 99 are safe. He does that. Locks up the pen. But then he goes and diligently searches for the one just the one that's lost, Mm. looks everywhere. He's anxious. He doesn't want to lose even one. And when I see stories in the Bible like Nebuchadnezzar, um, and I see how persistently God went after Nebuchadnezzar Mm. until he changed his mind because he knew his heart. Mm. He knew he really wanted to change. Whatever it was that was holding Nebuchadnezzar back, God just needed to gently remove each one of those obstacles. And as he removed those obstacles to the point where Nebuchadnezzar now had all the obstacles removed and his questions were answered, he finally looks up and acknowledges God. Mm. And God says there, I knew that's what you wanted. So he searches us down. You know, he he goes to the very point of finding the one, just the one that's lost. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that sounds like we, every person is of great value to God. Yeah, immense value, immense value, Tabitha. Mm. And and Jesus' point here is clear. If one, just one sheep is lost, and remember, we're all lost. Mm. We're all lost. He does everything possible to save every, each and every one of us. Mm. I remember this verse that says, when one sinner repents, there's rejoicing in heaven. Mm. 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 And and what does he do once he rest- well, you know once he finds us and what degree does he restore us? Well, we'll look into more about that after the break. I think. Okay, um, we're going to go for a break, but before that, I just want to encourage our listeners to 
share your responses to this question. Have you ever had a fallout with someone and then been able to make it right or reconcile if you um, want to say that? And how did you? How did it work out? How did you do it? Um, we'd like to hear from you. Share your responses to zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. I personally have had um, a fallout with. Um, of course, I've had fallouts, let me say that. Mm. Uh, but the mm. one that affected me most was with a very close friend of mine. Um, and I think we got, got to a point where we were like not talking and uh, I was not comfortable with that. And um, I, even though I kept, I kept thinking, oh, we should meet and talk about it. But then I kept, um, you know, postponing and, you know, pushing it. Um, but then I used to see this person and I, I used to feel very uncomfortable. So I thought, no, we need to talk. And actually when we talked, I found out that um, I had made assumptions and my wow. friend had made assumptions. And Ooh. it was just good to have that understanding and have that closure and um, solve things out. It just worked so well. I will always say it's important to talk when you have a fallout. Ooh. Communication. Yeah, communication is key. Mm. Um, this next song is Love Lifted Me by Alan Jackson. I'm sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, buried deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea Heard my despair and cry From the waters lifted me Now safe am I Love lifted me Love lifted me When nothing else could help Love lifted me Love lifted me Love lifted me When nothing else could help Love lifted me All my heart to Him I give Ever to Him I'll cling In His blessed presence live Ever His praises sing Love so mighty and so true Merits my soul's best songs Faithful, loving, service to To Him belongs Love lifted me Love lifted me When nothing else could help Love lifted me Love lifted me Love lifted me when nothing else could help, love lifted me. Love lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me. Love lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me. Mm. 
This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. That was Love Lifted Me by Alan Jackson. And you're listening to Taz Encounters with David Maxwell. Um, David is talking about reconciliation. And just to remind our listeners with the listener question, um, just text us if you've ever had a fallout with someone and then been able to make it right, how you went about it and how that affected your relationship with that person. Um, send us your responses to zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Um, so, David, before the break, you were explaining how God has a passion to save his lost sheep, as you called us. Um, so how much does he fix us up when he finds us? Yeah, thanks, Tabitha. And, and look, if we've got time before uh, we finish the program, I might share how I, I had a reconciliation as well. But mm-hmm. uh, we'll see how we go with time. Mm-hmm. So, look, before the break, I was describing that God will go to extraordinary lengths to save every one of the lost sheep. That's us, you know, and restore us to him. It's, it's actually what the word reconciliation means. Uh, to, so to what degree does he restore us? So does he, you know, just use a bit of spack fill, fill us up, or does he do something deeper? Well, finally, let me read that. Firstly, let me read that passage again in Second Corinthians chapter 5. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to read in the New King James' time, mm-hmm. 17 to 19. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Paul uses a really good word here in in 2 Corinthians in the Greek when he speaks about um, what we become once we accept Jesus. The, the, The English in the King James Version is translated as creature, which is really good because it actually suggests that we're no longer what we were before which is what the surrounding verses are saying anyway. Um, I don't know if you've ever done any renovation on a a home or any repairs when you move from one house to another. Um, I've I've watched a a friend of mine in Western Australia would buy an old house, a bit like those renovation shows. He would buy an old house as long before they were popular. And he would um, get in the house and he would strip out all the, the old stuff and, and, and fix it up. Now, you can do it in two ways. You can either just patch over everything mm-hmm. and then, you know, the owners, it looks good when they're buying the house. But after a couple of years, you know, the patches start falling off and they realize mm-hmm. they've been diddled. Or you can take it down to the studs. You know, you, you see them, they kick out the walls, they have demo day, and they knock it all down and they, they just leave the frame up and then they rebuild it completely. Um, some people love to do that barest minimum, save as much as possible, you know, just a lick of paint and a bit of spack filler. <laughs> but others like to take it right down to the studs and make a, almost make a completely new house. So most other translations use the word creation, which is also good, okay, rather than creature, creation, because it actually shows that Jesus doesn't just patch up the old person. We're not the same old person with spiritual spack filler, if you like, you know, masking the dents and the scars. Mm. He hasn't even done an extreme makeover. Rather, he's taken us down to the studs, if you like, and created a completely new creature or being. 
So this newly created creature that we're becoming, now it happens slowly, it happens over time, it doesn't happen overnight, begins the moment we accept Jesus. And it's uh, one, you know, this, this person that we become is a person that's now reconnected to God, but not in our own sinful propensities. So this is where it's different, if you like. So rather now, instead of you know being confronted with some kind of dis- disobedience or sin, and we don't seem to have any strength to resist, now we actually aren't trapped by that sin anymore. We have the power to choose to do something different. And even though it might be difficult, we have the power to choose to follow God. Mm. We have the power to to reach out beyond ourselves and say, God, help me, help me, I can't do this on my own. And he gives us the power straight away. So uh, the Bible talks about submitting to God before we resist the devil. And that's important. This is this newly created creature we become. We have the Holy Spirit living within and giving us that strength that we need to remain connected with God. He rebuilds us bit by bit by bit, gives us that access to the power to overcome sin and overcome Satan's kingdom as long as we stay connected with him. That's what's important. We still have this old body. And people look perhaps at this analogy and say, yeah, but I'm still the same person I was. I'm still me. Say, yeah, and you still struggle with things. Yeah, you're right, we do. But we have the promise, Tabitha, of of better than that. Mm. You know, and, and the Bible calls it um, the down payment or guarantee through the Holy Spirit. So he gives us that little bit of the Holy Spirit to help us to not... Um, uh, Submit, if you like, not submit to those sinful things that we were doing before. Mm. Now, I don't know if you've ever watched uh, Joanna and Chip Gaines as they renovate a house. Mm. Have you ever seen them? These, these, they're a wonderful couple. Uh, they're just, just so honest and, you know, raw. They're just themselves, and I like that. And mm. as they renovate a house for a couple... I watch their excitement um, grow as they go through and, um, and and change that house. It's really exciting. Not to mention the couple's excitement as they as they pull back the screens and show them the newly renovated house. It's excited. It's mm. really exciting. They're, they're often so excited because they've had this privilege mm. to be part of the transformation for others. Mm. So I, I can also, I can imagine, I can only imagine God's excitement when somebody comes to him and asks them or asks God to transform their lives. You know, what does it really mean to become a follower of Jesus? What's it really mean to be transformed like this? Well, I want to read another verse for you. If you've, if any of you got your Bibles open, go to John 21 and verse 22. Jesus is is reconciling Peter. <clears throat> you know, he's at the sea. Uh, Peter has denied Jesus three times. Mm. And now Jesus is reconciling him. And as Jesus asks him really pointed questions and says, do you love me? It might not seem a pointed question, but as we've shared before in this program, it's very pointed. Mm. Jesus says, do you love me with the love that comes from God? And Peter says, I love you like a brother. Jesus says, do you love me with the love that comes from God? And Peter says, 
I love you like a brother. And then Jesus says, do you love me like a brother? Really? And Peter's hurt because mm. Jesus even touches that nerve where he says, well, you're not even doing what a brother would do. Mm. A brother would be with me till death, you know, and, and you ran away. Mm. And so Jesus, you know, Peter's really convicted here. And then so Peter redirects like we all do. <laughs> he redirects and he says, what about John? <laughs> Jesus says, forget about John. Forget about John. If I want, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what happens with John. I'm talking to you. Mm. And that's, that's the message here in, in John um, 21, 22. He says, if I will, if I will, that he remain till I come. What's that to you? You follow me. So Jesus is very direct here. And, and he's talking specifically to Peter. Just like he's talking specifically to us. So we've looked previously, you know, the good news about the gospel is what Jesus came to do. And it's applicable to everyone because everyone is condemned or separate from God. Romans 3.23 says that. Some people may be thinking, yeah, I know. I know what he or she or, you know, when we have those conflicts, I know what they did. I know what they did. They're condemned. They're separate. But God is saying, forget about that. He addresses that attitude in Matthew 7. You know, the speck and the log. Some people mm. have heard about that. We've got this big plank. That, that's what the verse is saying in the, in the Greek. That there's a plank out of your eye and you're picking a speck out of someone else's. Mm. It's so you know? easy to see what other, people, people, other people's mm. wrongdoings and just forget what we ourselves are doing. That's Not right. I mean, mm. Yeah, that's right. Imagine if, if you turned up to a doctor's surgery and a blind doctor walked in. And he is going to operate on your brain. How you, would you feel? I wouldn't be comfortable. Probably uh, say no. No. <laughs> no, no. Sorry, let's get another doctor. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you had a plank sticking out of your eye, you can't even see. This is what Jesus says. He uses such an extreme because that's the extreme he's talking about. He's saying, forget about other people mm. and what's wrong with them. Fix what's wrong with you first, mm. and let me deal with those other problems. Mm. So, you know, G- Jesus is saying, in effect, um, get reconnected. You get reconnected first and when you're reconnected then you can take the step and he'll empower us to help change other people's attitudes Mm. so the next step in understanding what it means to follow jesus is in luke and luke chapter um, 9 and verse 23 let me read that one for you Mm. luke 9 23 jesus says to them all so they're all there he's replying to all of them and he says if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. Take up his cross daily and follow me. You see, many people just make one decision, then think life can go back to the way it was before. Now, if you've all heard the, the, the term, the new COVID normal. Mm. And if we're realistic, we know that life is never going really back to the normal that we had before. Yeah. You know, when Jesus changes us, we're not the same person we were before. Mm. When we accept him, we're acknowledging him that we never want that old normal man or woman ever in charge again. Mm. We want the new man, the new woman, the one that God wants for us. Because that, as we, as we come to know God more, we know that that is infinitely better 
than what we had before. Not not that COVID normal will be better, I can tell you, <laughs> but but that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the normal that we had before is going to be changed, and we'll talk about that more after the break. Mm, and I believe, yeah, just as you said, we can't do it this. And even as we listen to the first song, Jesus paid it all. It says you can't do it with with your own strength. You need God, even as you accept Him. You need to actually um, know that and have that uh, understanding that you can't do it on your own. You have to constantly seek that help from God. And even as you go on to help other people, you need God with you. You can't do it by yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and for this, for our offer for today, um, God's Little Book of Grace by David Marshall. Um, this book is filled with wonderful thoughts that will plant a seed in your mind. Each quotation, followed by a Bible text, expresses a truism that can heighten your outlook on life and bring you a little closer to what we all seek, our Savior. Um, we'll give you the code to request for that book after the break. Um, for now, let's listen to this song, A New Creation by Carly Fletcher. Change my 
This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. That was A New Creation by Carly Fletcher. And you're listening to Taz Encounters with David Maxwell. And uh, before we went for a break, I promised to give you the code to claim this beautiful book, um, God's Little Book of Grace by David Marshall. Um, and the code to claim the book is King 11, King text um, King number 11, King 11, no space in between, to zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one, And I will be able to send this book to you. Um, David, before the break, you were speaking about the change that God makes in and through us when we are reconciled to him. Are you able to expand on this a little and uh, what's involved in following Jesus, um, God before we finish off today? Mm, yeah, thanks, Tabitha. Thanks. Yeah, as I was discussing before the break, God wants to change us, but he wants our cooperation. He doesn't want to force the change. He wants us to make the decision daily, not weekly, monthly, yearly, at Christmas or Easter, or even just once in our life, you know. Jesus wants us to follow him every day, every day. That's what he said in that verse, you know. Take up your cross daily and follow me. How how do we follow like that? What does it mean? And what does a, a life of a disciple look like with Jesus? Well, going back to Second uh, Corinthians chapter 5, I see exactly in really clear English what God is saying about this. So in verse 14, in verse 14 it says, For the love of Christ compels us. Because we judge thus that if one died for all, then all died, and he died for all, that those who should live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. So if we are a disciple of Jesus, if we're a follower of Jesus, we have this desire to do what he wants us to do. It's not some forced compulsion. It's this this pressing, pressing um, um, compulsion within us. You know, it's like it just needs to come out. And in verse 18 to 20, Jesus says, Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Right there and in the next following verses as well, God tells us, Jesus tells us what our, our role is, if you like, as Christians. In essence, we become secret agents for God, if you like. We become ambassadors in the guise of a mechanic or a doctor or a nurse or a driving instructor or a farmer or a retiree or a pensioner or whatever. Whatever it is, whatever role, whatever job you have, that's a secondary role as a Christian to the role of an ambassador. Mm. You know, ambassadors take on the role of their leader, their representative, their king, whoever it is. And the role of our representative leader or king when he was here was the reconciliation of others to God. I, I find these verses are just so clear, Tabitha. You know, mm. it's, it's simple to understand, and I like things that are simple. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the word reconciliation in the Greek simply means to change from enemies to friends. Mm. Someone once wrote, there is no such things as enemies. I have no enemies, just um, friends I don't yet know. <laughs> I thought that was, that was good. That was good. We're, we're each enemies of God because we're born separate. And we're condemned to this short life that he's loaned to us, and then it'll be separation from God forever. 
unless we make a change during that life. This means that my parents, friends, siblings, extended family and friends, if they haven't chosen to connect to the eternal life that's in God, they're still separate and condemned. Mm. When I think about that, I think how far do I want to go? How far would you go? to change that, to give them the opportunity to be saved, the opportunity to have something better. Um, Jesus gave us instructions as listeners, um, and I'm pretty sure that at the time they didn't fully understand. You know, they, they, they watched Jesus carrying his own method of torture and death down the Via Della Rosso, or the Way of the Cross, it's called, up to Calvary. And I think those words start to sink in. You know, if anyone, if anyone will follow me, he says in Luke, then deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. They've seen Jesus and the power that Jesus has and they're seeing Jesus laying down that power and submitting to this weight of the cross, the torture, the punishment. And I think it's starting to sink in the words that he said before. This is what it means for Jesus to take up the cross. What does it mean for me to take up my cross? What is it that God is asking me to bear? Mm. And I think, you know, it starts to sink in. Each of the disciples except John die in a terrible, um, you know, um, sacrificial death. You know, they all, they're all martyred for their faith. However, each one is faithful and, and God ensures their efforts even after death and onwards, continue to be effective in the salvation and reconciliation of others as we're reading these words today. They've been recorded. Um, Jesus says in Luke 9 that if we seek to save our life, that means live a life without consideration for others, mm. um, then we lose it. Mm-hmm. And and in 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 his book Bruce um, sorry Bruce Manners in his book uh, Salt Not Mustard puts it like this the way we actually um, represent God to others is very very important. This is a quote from his book. Um, Bruce Manners says, "Quote: I'm angry because as I write this, just after a full page advertisement have appeared in newspapers in New Zealand and Papua New Guinea that are strongly anti-Catholic in nature, but with Seventh Day Adventist connections, the Church has rightly attempted to distance itself from these advertisements. But the damage is incredible; in some cases, irredeemable. I'm sure those behind the advertisements were well intentioned. The tragedy is they have not demonstrated the sorry they have demonstrated a lack of Christian maturity that denies plain biblical counsel and have shown little understanding for social history. Jesus called his followers to be salt, to enhance life through their witness and teaching. He did not call us to be mustard. Mustard delivers an explosion of flavour that, for some, affronts the taste. Mm. So how? what he's saying here, well, what had happened is, uh, some of you might remember there was ads put in the papers in New Zealand and Papua New Guinea that really, that really hammered the Catholic Church and said, you know, uh, you know, talking about the medieval Catholic Church and what they did and relating that to today. And, and look, some of that might happen, but it was just really thoughtless the way it was put in. Mm. And, and 
he's saying that how we represent God is really, really important if we're going to be faithful ambassadors for him. Mm -hmm. Jesus said, speak the truth in love. Mm -hmm. and, and it wasn't done like that. So how you follow Jesus, how, how would you follow Jesus in the way he desires? What needs to change in your life so that you add flavor to the lives of others and be a good ambassador for Jesus while helping to lead them to that place of reconciliation between you and God that you have experienced? How patient were people with you? Um, what did they do to try and encourage you to spend time with God? If you've never taken the steps that we described in the last presentation, remember those ABCDs, take the first step today and accept. Get reconciled to God through Jesus' sacrifice. If you've done it, but recently you haven't renewed your relationship, why not take that step today? Recommit your life to Jesus anew and ask him to make you a better disciple or ambassador ambassador, and give others the opportunity to be reconciled as well. Mm. That's all I had to share today, Tabitha, mm. and I'd um, hope that you would like to uh, wrap up with a couple more things. But reconciliation is very, very important. Perhaps I'll share my story about reconciliation another time. Mm, mm. Thank you, David, for that powerful sharing. And, um, yeah, it's just um, a good reminder that we need to stay connected with God. And it's very important that before you actually go to um, try and bring someone else to God or like build that relationship with God, it's good that we look, um, evaluate our own lives first and just make sure that our actions reflect what um, Christ's char character is. Um, I hope our listeners have been blessed with your message. And uh, just remind our listeners of the code to claim the book offer, which is this a very little beautiful book. It's called God's Little Book of Grace by David Marshall. Um, the code to claim that book is King 11. Um, text King 11204888891 and we'll be able to send this book to you. Um, what do you have for us next week? Next week uh, will be the final in this series before I do a final wrap-up of everything we've done this year. Mm -hmm. And it's entitled uh, Friend or Foe, and we're going to look at a, a little bit deeper what it means to live as a disciple of Jesus. Mm. Join David and I next week to learn more of what he has to share. And on Monday we have David Leo, and uh, he'll be continuing with this series, Encounters with Jesus, and he'll be talking about Peter's denial. Um, so please tune in on Monday at 9 a.m. Uh, to listen to what David has to share, David Leo. Um, thank you for joining us today, and uh, wherever you are, I hope you enjoyed the rest of your day.